Hi, I'm Pete Miller, President and CEO of the Institutes. We're a global not-for-profit whose mission is to educate, elevate, and connect the people focused on risk management and insurance. You're listening to Predict and Prevent, a podcast that explores how technology and resiliency can prevent losses before they occur. In each episode, we learn about innovative solutions and hear from leading experts on how they are making these approaches a reality today. Aside from natural catastrophes, there are still plenty of perils affecting personal and commercial property that will benefit from predict and prevent. Fires, water damage, lightning, tornadoes, theft, just to name a few. Smart home and smart building technologies offer a way to predict risks, prevent them from becoming losses, and mitigate damage. Is this an area where insurers are likely to make their first big predict and prevent bets? Let's find out in this episode. To explore today's topic, I'll be sitting down with two guests who know all about this. First, I'm sitting down with George Shadrawi, Senior Director of Corporate Risk and Resilience for Highwood Properties, Inc. Highwood is based in Raleigh, North Carolina and owns a portfolio of office buildings throughout the Sun Belt with about 175 properties and 28 million square feet. Risk management and resilience is central to the company's business strategy, creating value for shareholders and customers. George joined Highwoods in 2009. Previously, he worked for IBM as a global leader of well-being and health benefit. He holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Industrial Engineering from Penn State University. During our conversation, George shared the strong success they are having through the use of Internet of Things sensors provided by its insurance partner, Chubb Group. George had some great insights to share about how risk managers and insurers can effectively collaborate on predict and prevent. Well, George, I'm very interested in what you do, and I'm very grateful for your time here today. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about Highwood Properties and uh, and what you do there. Sure. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Pete. I function as the Senior Director for Risk and Resilience. That's kind of a fancy word for being the risk manager, among some other things. Highwood Properties is a real estate investment trust. It is a REIT. We own and operate commercial office properties, primarily in the Sunbelt. We own about 175 properties comprising a little over 28 million square feet. As I was doing research for this, I was very fascinated. I know that you work with Chubb to learn about your uh, IoT sensor program. So, George, could you just give us a quick overview of that and, and you know, what, it, what is it? How are you using it? Are you, you know, are you planning to expand it? And if so, when and, and how are you going to do that? Sure. Well, um, Chubb has been a terrific partner uh, of Highwoods for the last 10 plus years. They have been a key player in our risk and resiliency program. Uh, they have helped improve many of the programs that we are uh, enjoying um, uh, at the moment, you know, through their loss control, through their claims, through, you know, better underwriting. I think we have become a more resilient organization 
primarily, uh, you know, due to that partnership uh, that we've enjoyed with Chubb. When Chubb came to us uh, maybe about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, and introduced this IoT technology to us, as they started describing what the program does and what it entails and what it, what the capabilities are, I really got very, very excited. And um, and we, you know, uh, Highwoods, you know, historically has never been afraid to make investments and to get out of our comfort zone and and explore, you know, new ideas. And then, you know, in, in, in Highwoods fashion, we jumped right in. And uh, we did a pilot initially, you know, with five large assets. You know, these five buildings um, comprised about, you know, three million square feet or so. We just wanted to kind of test the waters to see how this technology works, perhaps get the kinks out of them. You know, it was supposed to be kind of just a one-year pilot before deciding whether to go forward or not. But to be honest with you, after about four or five months um, of uh, of experimenting with, with this technology, we found it to be so beneficial and of such value that we accelerated the adoption to the point now where we have it across um, over 55 properties comprising roughly 55 to 60% of our square footage. So we're very excited about that. And do you see that expanding uh, into the future? Absolutely. So what we're calling, you know, phase one, uh, phase one comprises these 55 buildings. Those are the larger urban type buildings. Uh, And the reason we chose those to be in phase one is, you know, it was fairly obvious that the potential for loss was much, much higher than in those smaller suburban type buildings. You know, when you have a water leak that occurs on the 15th or 20th or 40th floor of a building, it doesn't take a whole lot, you know, for a simple leak to turn into a major uh, disaster. So we wanted to focus on the larger buildings because that's where the greatest potential for loss was. And the solution, you know, the technology seemed simple enough that, you know, without you know, any any major retrofits to our existing properties, we were able to, you know, simply adopt this technology, uh, you know, again, you know, w- without really making any significant uh, capital improvements to our properties. So it sounds like the rollout is pretty simple, a pretty simple installation and 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 pretty simple rollout. No big process changes, nothing. And that's, yeah, that's the beauty of this. You know, the only thing you need is a 120-volt outlet for the gateway to go in, but all the sensors that connect to that gateway are wireless. So you can literally put them anywhere, any location where there's a potential for water to um, to leak or to exist where water shouldn't exist. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's painless. And, uh, and that's really what's exciting about this, the, the simplicity and the efficiency and the low cost of implementation is, uh, you know, these are all huge benefits of this program. So no real barriers to overcome. Everybody agrees and adopts and all that good stuff, George. You know, there are obviously some things that, you know, companies need to consider and we're no different. You know, uh, you know, there are, you know, some kinks that needed to be worked out. There's some training that we needed to do for our old folks. There are some, uh, you know, education classes that we had to do with our supply chain and our vendors, specifically our security staff and our janitorial staff. So one of one of the things that we were concerned about, and this is, you know, this is coming from our property managers and our building engineers out in the field, you know, they were a little bit concerned about, you know, having false alarms, you know, where, you know, they're getting that signal, that alarm or that bell at, you know, two o'clock in the morning on a 
on a Friday or a Saturday. So they were a little bit hesitant at first, but, you know, we did this pilot, you know, and, and we had, luckily we had very little, you know, very few false alarms, mainly because, you know, we prepared our, our security staff, we prepared our uh, janitorial staff. And, you know, the risk was there, you know, like what happens when a janitorial person is mopping the floor, you know, purposely putting water on the floor. And then those sensors picked up that mop. You know, we were concerned that there would be, you know, an awful lot of those types of false alarms that would have kind of created, um, you know, some pushback from our folks in the field. But again, it's an ongoing thing, you know, through ongoing training with, with our folks and with, with our supply chain, uh, we're able to drastically reduce the error rate or the uh, the false alarms. You know, it's not down to zero by any means, and I don't think it'll ever be down to zero just because of the nature of how, you know, property management is operated. But but I think we are, we have it down to a manageable uh, situation. It sounds like it's been really successful implementation. So can you give us examples of how the program has benefited you, prevented losses, helped your your customers and, and that stuff? Of course. Well, I see the reports, you know, they, they come to me, uh, you know, regularly. Uh, most recently, uh, and this is really a success story, we, uh, we in, in, in part of our phase one installation, one of our flagship, build, flagship buildings here in Raleigh, you know, we had a third floor supplemental HVAC unit that belonged to one of our retail customers. It's a restaurant right below it. And the drain pipe uh, on that HVAC uh, supplemental unit, which again belongs to our customer in the building, clogged up. Typically, if we did not have that sensor in there, water would have simply seeped down to, from the third floor to the second floor to the first floor. That's how, you know, you know, water finds the, the path of least resistance, so to speak. Uh, luckily, you know, two days earlier, uh, Chubb had uh, come to town and they helped us, you know, with the installation of this one building. And we had a sensor right there and then. And and what do you know? Um, you know, the sensor picked up the leak right away. Our building engineer got the signal, and he was uh, fortunately right there in the building. Um, you know, this otherwise would have been like a twenty twenty five thousand dollar property damage loss, and we prevented it. You know, it was virtually a non event. So that you know, we consider that a huge success story. So you touched on it a little bit, but sort of ROI from a business perspective, right? I think we try to cover, predict, and prevent from a lot of different angles. But for, for your business, um, that's maybe an example. But can you give us other examples? Like who pays for this program, first of all? And then how do you calculate, you know, the ROI, whether, you know, whether it's really worth it? When you look at our, uh, the sector that we're in, commercial offices, you know, our buildings tend to be fairly resistant to natural disasters. You know, basically we're dealing with, you know, concrete and steel structures. Yes, we have glass curtain walls and things like that. But, you know, generally speaking, you know, those types of assets, you know, are, are very well constructed. Uh, they tend to be fairly resilient against most perils. The one peril that kind of trump, trumps all of this is, is water and the plumbing leaks that come from, from within the building. And, and, you know, historically, we've always kind of assumed, well, geez, you know, yes, you've got a, you know, 40-story building, a million square feet, you know, with a lot of, you know, um, water sources inside the building. Chances are things will happen. Uh, we've, you know, we've kind of assumed that, you know, there are some things that are, that are within our control and others that are outside of our control. 
in this particular case, you know, we obviously believe that we can control that peril. We can control that risk. When you look at our 10-year history, by, by and large, the most frequent type of loss and the most costly type of loss has been plumbing water leaks within, within the building. So when we look at the ROI, it's really not that difficult from a direct financial comparison of how much we're paying for those sensors, which is fairly nominal, uh, really a nominal cost compared to simply preventing one loss, you know, preventing one loss in a high-rise building will more than pay for the entire program. So that's kind of the direct, you know, ROI. But for us, we're not doing it to get the ROI. We're doing it because of our customers in our buildings. You know, we we love our customers. Uh, they are the the lifeblood of Highwoods. And uh, when a when an incident occurs inside our buildings that creates disruption for our customers, we take that personally. To the extent that we can do something about that disruption. And, and mitigate that risk and, and create a business continuity plan that allows, you know, the customer to continue to occupy their space without, you know, interruptions from their space. You know, obviously, you know, that's a huge differentiator for Highwoods. So, yes, we do it for the ROI on one side, but really, uh, and this is something that comes down from our senior leadership team, including our CEO, you know, anything that we can do to keep our customers happy that is by far our number one driver for this uh, for this technology. So it sounds like ROI is a measure, but there are other maybe even as important measures to Highwoods. Maybe even more important. You know, if you if you start losing customers because you know they're not happy with you, well, <laughs> that's not sustainable. So, so oftentimes people go well. I can do this myself. I can work with my insurer. You decided to work with Chubb on this. So could you could you just talk for a, for a little bit about the specific benefits of working with your insurer as as opposed to maybe trying to trying to do this on your own? Sure. Well, for one thing, you know, for for selfish reasons, I'm kind of a one-man department so to speak. You know, it's like I'm the risk manager, but you know, I have 350 coworkers out in the field, you know, that that help me. So being, you know, kind of a, a single person um, department, I couldn't really do this on my own for one thing. Uh, so I needed the help of Chubb, to be honest with you. Secondly, you know, when Chubb, you know, came, uh, came to us with, with this uh, proposal, with this technology, it certainly uh, resonated with me because it sounded, you know, I mean, it sounded like, you know, uh, it fit within, you know, our, our operation, within our culture. Uh, and it was kind of a, almost like a turnkey solution. You know, they were the experts in this. Uh, you know, they, we've had several meetings and then conference calls and then WebExes to kind of go through the whole technology and the solution so that I in turn can sell it. So they were extremely helpful in, in being that sounding board and being the technical advisor to me so that I can help sell that program internally to our folks in the field. And that was a huge benefit. So, you know, again, I really couldn't do this on my own. We needed, you know, we needed someone like Chubb to help kind of pave the way. And thirdly, look, let's face it. I mean, I'm dealing with their underwriters on almost a daily basis. So it certainly doesn't hurt to have that conversation with the underwriters say, hey, by the way, we're engaged, uh, you know, with, with your IOT 
uh, solution on this end. And I think, you know, there's certainly some synergies and some benefits from that perspective. So kind of an existing relationship where you can implement something that not difficult from a cultural point of view, an organizational point of view, and you already have the relationship established. That's right. That everybody wins at. Pretty good story, George. George, you're a leader in this area. I mean, your foresight and real-time intervention, right? That's that's a bit different, um, but starting to to be something that we're seeing. And obviously, at the institutes, we think predict and prevent is is just a great thing going forward. So, as somebody who's done this kind of on the vanguard, if you will, what would you what advice or or words would you share with risk managers who might be thinking about doing similar um, initiatives? Well, I would certainly advise them to look at your portfolio in a holistic fashion. You know, many of my peers are, they seem to be more concerned about, you know, the hurricanes and and the fires and and, and then the things that, you know, will, will gain, you know, kind of, you know, media attention. When a plumbing leak occurs in a property, it's not likely to make the news. So maybe it tends to be a little bit less, you know, you get less publicity on it. But from a loss perspective, those are really the the loss drivers. Again, for, for for an office operator like we are, you know, plumbing leaks tend to be the biggest loss drivers for us. So this is huge. So I would I certainly would advise uh, every property owner to to look at their risk holistically and not just focus on the big items. Uh, secondly, you know, don't be afraid to make investments in new technologies. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of in our DNA that you know we're willing to step out of our comfort zone and experiment with something. And if you are concerned, you can take baby steps like we did. You know, we did a five building pilot, do a pilot, take some time to study the results and the impact and and make some decisions from there. The other thing for us is there's a thought that perhaps these things may be uncontrollable, that, you know, a lot of things are beyond your control, especially if you've got customers, uh, tenants for other folks, we call them customers, how can you control a customer, you know, who's, you know, installing a coffee machine in their break room or whatever? Well, in fact, we we had these conversations with our customers, and they were thrilled to know that Highwoods was partnering with our customers to mitigate not only our loss, but their loss. So it's one of those deals where it's really a win-win-win. It's a win for us as property owners. It's a win for our customers in that it minimizes damage to their property, and it's a win for Chubb. So it's, it's a great partnership. A great partnership and certainly one that um, your leadership was instrumental in, in creating. So, George, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you kind of giving us a view of tomorrow today um, with the things that you've done and, and with your forward-looking uh, way on, on controlling and predicting and preventing. So we're really grateful for your time, grateful for your efforts appreciate you taking time to share with us today. Thank you, Pete. My pleasure. George had great insights on how working with an insurance partner can have advantages for a risk manager and improve resiliency against potential losses. In this segment, I sit down with Sean Ringstead, an expert who has more than 25 years of experience in the insurance industry. We discuss how Chubb is working with clients like Highwoods to successfully deploy IoT sensors to gain real-time risk insights that can protect against losses. Sean is the Executive Vice President of Chubb Group, as well as the organization's Chief Digital Business Officer. 
As leader of Chubb's 100% digital business unit, he's responsible for overseeing revenue, products and capabilities with partners, including digitally native platforms and financial institutions. He holds a Bachelor of Science degree in biochemistry from Bristol University and a doctorate in biochemistry from Oxford University. He's a fellow of the Institute of Actuaries, and he also serves as the chair of the Institute's Risk Stream Advisory Board. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you taking time today to talk to us about something I know you've been involved with for quite some time and have certainly been an industry leader on, and that's predict and prevent. So, um, Sean, how about before we get started, we uh, just give us a little background on, on Sean, how you got into this and how you kind of got interested in predict and prevent. I guess my, uh, my path has always been heavily intertwined with, with uh, actuarial science risk management, data, technology. So a lot of roads lead to, lead to IoT and, and, and predict and prevent. And I guess the, the real appeal, I think, and the power of it is um, being able, historically, right, we're so used to aggregate information, aggregate data in the industry and lagging data. And that's not really necessarily, and we, and we try and attribute something to that, right? It's not necessarily relevant to, to actually what happened. And so now, right, through the data and the analytics and the tech, you arrive at IoT and something that's scalable, affordable, and it works and in, in, in being able to now offer you some some real-time insight, right, around around exposure, I think is just incredibly, incredibly compelling. If we sort of sort of focus in on how Chubb has been using IoT and, and predict and prevent, can you just tell me sort of the landscape as Chubb sees it for for IoT and and you know we we I know that you acquired Streamlabs in 2021 um, and a little little bit about that as well. Sure, happy to. I mean, just, just high level, and we can we can jump into the into the technical details. And I think on your on your last uh, segment, you may have had one of our clients, right, George uh, Shedrawi from from Highwood sharing their success and you know it's it's been fabulous working with with george and the team on highwood on their their installation they've 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 got a great great story but i mean they're just a great example i think of of a team that's implementing their risk management strategy with the use of iot sensors and and real-time alerts right of just before little problems become big problems right highwood is a is a great client example of that and we have we have a number large number now growing number of clients that are, that are taking this on. And so today, I mean, we have literally billions, tens of billions of dollars in insured properties that are being protected by, by sensors. These sensors, right, they're installed in both commercial and, and, and personal properties. And we've got numerous examples now of saves, what we call saves to us, right? So we're, we're preventing claims, right? And they could have potentially resulted in millions of dollars in damage, right, if, if left un, undetected. Um, and, you, and you mentioned Streamlabs. So we, we acquired Streamlabs a couple of years back. Uh, very, very pleased with that, with that acquisition. And uh, they're a provider of IoT-enabled uh, smart valves and, and water leak detectors. And we continue to see a strong uptick in interest for residential and, sm- and small business use. And I think um, for Chubb, and I think it's the same for the industry, water damage is one of the top drivers of claims, Right. And the frequency or cost of those losses continue to increase. And I don't think it's just the dollar 
amount associated with it, right? We can all picture the the huge inconvenience, right? If you're if you're now having to clean up after a water water loss, I mean, think mold, right? Repairing the carpet, um, having to find alternative premises, and so on. So, I mean, the the inconvenience around that is um, is extraordinary. So, it really just underscores the value proposition, which is you know, through IoT, right? They can detect a water leak. Uh, they can detect a change in temperature or a change in humidity. That just helps predict losses before they occur, and and hopefully prevent them from happening in the in, in the first place. You gave us some of the technical details of the IoT program. Can you give us a, a little bit more on on what what that looks like from your perspective? Technical can cover a, like a, a broad, you know, it's a pretty big umbrella, right? But if if maybe if it just bucketed in terms of you think hardware, you think the software, and the analytics, right? So in terms of the hardware itself, I mean, we offer a, a whole home automatic shutoff device and a, and a full sensor system. So the shutoff devices and the sensor system, they use, we have proprietary software, and that helps detect and alert for a range of potential issues. So think water leaks, and as mentioned, temperature changes and the humidity. Humidity is important, right, with, uh, as you think about, as you think about mold. So this whole home automatic device, that's really uh, useful in a single family home, uh, vacation home, think secondary home as well, right? Where the, the homeowner's not around to, to attend to a, a, a water leak. So that's, that's, that's very powerful. And then we have a full sensor system and that's deployed in a commercial setting. So think a large college or a school campus, hospital uh, or, or, or life, science, uh, life science. And, and we're deploying water sensors, and, and these are smaller than a, a size of a, a hockey puck, and they have a tail um, that lies on the on the floor, and that can detect water anywhere on the length of the tail. And point of link sensor or, or spot sensors, where water could be detected in specific areas of the of the building, and you and you place these in in, in strategic or you, you may say obvious areas where you could have a a water leak. So think a a, a boiler room or a, a laundry area. Is sinks, sprinkler systems, right? And then you adjust them a little bit for, for sensitivity. Um, but when it's up and running, the sensors will send alerts to, you, to the cell phone. So the risk manager will, will get um, the, the alert on the cell phone in, in real time. And we also interestingly provide live and historical water flow data with, with, a, with a usage chart. And um, starting to see some interest here in, in, in other uses, right? It's not just water leak, but, you know, businesses and homes that are cons- thinking about water consumption. So these usage charts also have a, 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 a very interesting um, purpose. The sensors are battery operated, they're wireless, portable, and you've got a life of between three to five years. So easy to install and plumbers, you, you, you don't need the, the plumbers on these, on, on these sensors. But we also uh, deploy what we call flow-based devices, which are in, in, installed by a plumber because here you're going in on the on the water line, and these these will automatically shut off water if if there's unusual flow um, detected. And so those will typically, right now, will install them in, in, in single family homes. And from a technical point of view, they're pretty interesting. They they send ultrasonic sound waves, and those waves record the flow of the water um, that measure the water consumption and unusual flow to detect potential um, problems. So for both the, the auto shutoff device and sensor, you're sending this data real time to the Streamlabs app. So that's, that's the software and that's sort of the client interface. We, we do it through an app. And so the client has got very, very good control. 
right? They, they, they know what's happening. It's protecting their home, their business uh, 24, 24-7. To help with that protection, right, we, we're obviously putting a team, uh, a, a team around this. So we've got dedicated risk engineering and uh, IoT um, professionals to help provide consultation and, and the installation support. So that, that's very helpful for the homeowner. But I, what we found for the risk manager, right, it's, it's really empowering them. You know, they, they get the alert, they go there and they, and, and they, can, take, they can take the preventative action. So it's, we found it to be very empowering for our, for our risk management clients. In your experience, are there specific categories or industries that are benefiting most from, from this program? All, all industries and all occup- size of occupancies will, will benefit, right? I mean, the, the center offerings will, will span clients of all, all, all sizes, right? And so we've, I mean, we've done it all from a, from a coffee shop where you put in five sensors to these really large uh, college campuses uh, that have hundreds and hundreds uh, of sensors to, to, to private residencies. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's very, very extensible, right? Wherever you go, you have, you think about water damage being, being a problem and you think about a campus um, and particularly during COVID, right? The risk managers started to call these sort of, um, sort of uh, you know, part of, part of their team, right? Because, you know, you don't have to patrol large, large sections or you couldn't with, with, with COVID, right? But you've got these sensors that are there 24 seven monitoring to hospitals and, and protecting, you know, important equipment in hospitals to office buildings, to hotels, to warehouses, um, I mean, we even got private wine collections that we're protecting. So maybe we could um, come and come and take a look at yours one day. <laughs> From an adoption perspective, what have you found in terms of best practices so that you have the best chance of success from that program? Clearly, I mean, there's there's the the the, the conversation always starts right with you know, learning how the technology works, and then calibration, then being thoughtful about where you put them. We've had lessons learned on, on where we put them, right? And we've learned to sort of better mount them, better secure them. Um, we've even had instances where we, we, we had an alert and then realized that the, the, the grade on the concrete floor had a tilt, I think, of a, of a centimeter or, or something that was sort of barely noticeable. But of course, the water all flowed downhill to the, to the sensor. So the installation is um, it's important. The calibration as well, right? And, and, and just understanding that it is technology and you, you'll get one or two false alarms, not, not many, but it's just that sort of bedding in um, process. And for some of those reasons, we, you know, we start small, one or two buildings, and, the, and then expand into, their, you know, into the entire portfolio. And uh, Highwoods that I mentioned at the start is a great, great case in point, right? We, we started with them in, in, in five buildings and now... Now we're incredibly excited, right? We're expanding into into fifty buildings in seven states. Just getting the kinks out of the system, showing the risk manager there's value to this, and of course, when when you get that actionable alert, that's the those are the easy uh, those are the easy ones, right? To to help to help customers through. Let's just turn a little bit to how Chubb sees it from a business model point of view. So obviously, as you mentioned, you mentioned some some things around customer adoption. How does Chubb encourage clients to use these kind of solutions and these sensors? You know, how does the customer see the value uh, in these new tools, or does it require incentives or encouragement? It's a great question, right? And we're starting sort of down that that path, and there are different different engagement models. 
at 30,000 feet, I think a, a good mental model um, for, framing, for framing some of this is right when we think about fire and you, you think about the extensive underwriting practice and language uh, around fire and you think about the devices that are in place today, right, to, to help mitigate fire and underwrite fire, right? You think smoke detectors, sprinkler systems, and these are very much um, part of the day-to-day and folded into the, the, the insurance underwriting and the risk management and the, and the risk engineering. And I think, you know, 30,000 feet, right, that's, that's the path that we're on with the water peril, right, in terms of how it should be treated. Now, we're not there yet, but in, in terms of a mental model, I, you know, I think that's very much how we're thinking about this. And, you know, as you know, Ch- I mean, Chubb is, is, has been an industry leader in uh, offering loss prevention services to, to customers help mitigate risks. Um, and, you know, we think this, this area of, of helping prevent water damage is an important will be a growing and important part of those uh, prevention service capabilities. And so that's, that's, that sort of explains the acquisition that we made of Streamlabs in, um, in, in, in 2021. As I said, we're really happy with that. I mean, that's meaningfully expanded um, the breadth of IoT devices and capabilities that we can bring to, uh, to our clients. We'll be talking with the client, um, our risk engineering practice, um, the underwriting practice, and, and clearly getting the input from claims like to get to our clients before they've had the claim, but sometimes we get the, we, we you know, we, 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 get the claim and, and, you know, have an understanding that these devices could, could have potentially helped mitigate. Right. So, it, you know, everyone's part of that, part of that discussion, right. Where it, where it can really help our, help our clients. So we'll, we'll meet, you know, with the, with the risk manager on site and just really try to understand what makes sense, right. For their particular business and guide them through the, the sensor program from, from, from start to finish. In terms of the ROI for the client, look, I mean, you know, one, one loss, right, will pay for the entire program. So from our perspective, it's, uh, you know, the, the economics have been, uh, you know, pretty, pretty compelling. Um, and the average, I think the stats are, I mean, the average water damage loss in a commercial building, you're looking at about $100,000, right? So on average, $100,000. And the, the cost, right, to install and, and monitor the sensors in a typical building, I mean, less than $5,000, $5, right? So, you know, and, and, and the $100,000, I mean, that's obviously just the, the monetary amount doesn't capture all the inconvenience that, that we mentioned and so on. And, of course, the loss could be greater. So, I mean, I think $5,000, that, that's a pretty, I think, a pretty compelling trade-off, right? And then what we find, right, it's, so you, you can look at the economics that way, but it, it sometimes is a more practical ROI, right? The, the risk manager gets that first alert, right? And they go, okay, this thing works, right? What about the rest of my campus that isn't, that isn't protected, right? Um, you know, I, I need to protect the whole thing. So once, once you start getting into these, these you know, this sort of cycle of, of, of alerts, then it, then it sort of feeds on itself pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a great point, right? Success, you know, nothing breeds success like success. Let me just shift a little bit to Chubb then. Just how do you, de- you, you decided to buy um, Streamlabs. Um, how, how do you sort of look at it in terms of your res- resource usage, right? In terms of sort of keeping the, the, the construction and deployment maybe of some of the tools or the efforts in-house versus outsourcing it to tech companies. Well, just in general, how do you feel? How do you think about that, Sean? 
Well, I mean, the, there's considerable engineering and um, technical know-how that goes goes into the sensors and um, and the manufacturing. So the core intellectual capital, and we, and we have a number of patents around the around the technology we we keep in house. There are certain parts of the manufacturing, right? That you know we sub we we subcontract out. We like to stay close to the to the technology and uh, and so on. So it it's all brought together um, and tested, right? At at, at our facilities, um, our software is is proprietary, so so we own that. So yeah, we, we we like to we like to stay close to the the parts that matter, if you will. They're very very important to us. Yeah, I always think that if it's a core competence, then it makes you unique and. Probably not outsource that. So, Sean, you've been a prominent advocate of the shift to predict and prevent. What have you learned along the way, and what do you view as sort of the keys to success in this approach? Yeah, I th- it, it's really interesting, right? And um, and again, I, I, I'd frame this from from a high level too when we think about IoT. You know, I think we're all used in in when driving, right? The the concept of IoT for use based insurance and and to help you know, prevent accidents, um, you're starting to see it in in healthcare, right? And smartwatches, right, to sort of guide guide people with their their activities, or even you know alert them, right, if there's a there's a health event that could could, could happen. So this idea of of IoT starting to sort of help predict predict and prevent broadly, right? I mean, I think is is here, and it's only going to accelerate accelerate further so i think there's a significant impact on the insurance industry as i mentioned you know at the outset what what it does it gets you to real-time exposure based thinking around risk prevention and pricing and so on which i think is incredibly incredibly powerful and, and it provides the right risk incentives for, for customers and it allows insurers to sort of help with with, with mitigation but also to make sure that 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 pricing is is proportionate and relevant to the to the risk which i think is is fair and it's and and it's and it's right but particularly with the with the water-based um efforts right you you in a similar way right you're now starting to create data and you're starting to digitize a physical risk and it's providing underwriters um insights and and, and data and our clients with the same thing that they that they just didn't didn't have before and so, you know, whether it's a commercial or residential building, you can now have a much better sense of the exposure, how to think about mitigating water risk and, 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 and pricing, pricing for that. That just, I think, helps with the coverage and the type of product that we're, that, that we're offering. Um, so I think it's in, in, incredibly um, exciting. And you start to see it broadening, right, from just, you know, just being property. Um, you think you go into liability and environmental right with the type of sensors that are that are now that are now here so yeah i'm very very optimistic about the the application of the of of the technology for our clients and what it means for for chubb and the industry well thank you sean i really appreciate your time today certainly you've given us sort of a global if you will a a high level view of how you see predict and prevent working and then helped us understand exactly how chubb uh, looks at this and has implemented it. 
And as always, Sean, I know I look to you as somebody in the industry who's very forward-looking and very strategic, and I'm really, really grateful for your time today. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to chat and uh, always value your your help and support. So thank you very much. And uh, hopefully listeners found found something in here that uh, is useful for them. I'm sure they did. I know I did. I want to give a huge thank you to George and Sean for joining me on this episode of Predict and Prevent. It was so great to hear their insider perspectives on how risk managers and insurers can successfully use IoT sensors to protect their companies and customers. And thank you for listening. I hope you learned something new in this episode. Stay tuned for more insightful conversations about the future of risk management and insurance. Predict and Prevent is a podcast brought to you by the Institutes. Subscribe on your preferred listening platform and join us for future episodes where we continue to dig into this approach and the opportunities that come with it.